You are listening to the latest message from Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas, where we don't care about your past, but care about your future. We thank you for joining us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Dwayne Higgins. Woo! Man, I tell you what, I've been in some churches that didn't have children. One of the saddest places you can ever be. All right, we talked about flying away. I'm ready. I'm excited. But until I fly away, I'm stuck right here preaching the Word of God. You know, I heard a rumor in the past few weeks that I might be hard-headed. I don't know where in the world they might have got that I was a little bit hard-headed, a little bit headstrong and stuff, but uh, they may be right. They may be right. My wife says they're right, have been for a long time. But, um, you know, we're going to look into the Word here in a little bit. And um, I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I got saved, folks. I was just about as far away from God as anybody could be. And when he got a hold of me and straightened me out, forgave me, I felt like I owed him everything I had. And I wanted to do all that I could, and I'm, I'm a firm believer. If you're going, I won't have to make you do it a second time. And uh, I guess that stuck with me, my, what made me a little bit hard-headed. But in God's Word, we find out that a lot of people want one thing. They want salvation. They want to make sure that they're going to be in heaven, but they forget about the main important thing is to be in heaven, you've got to know how to walk with God. And if you can't walk with God, you don't, you're not going to get along in heaven very good. All right? Go with me to John 14. And uh, going to look at a couple verses here, and then we're going to go over to the book of James. Because Jesus taught his disciples some important things that a lot of people like to take this one scripture out of, and use it, but they want to forget some of the other things there. And it's going to be a, dealing with prayer. So we're going to do chapter 14 of the Gospel of John, verse 12. Well, I might back up to 11. John 14, we're going to go to verse 11, then we're going to do what's following. It said, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also in greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now this is a real popular verse Verses in, in churches that, uh, what I call the name it, claim it uh, churches, where they talk about God's obligated to do these things because He says He will, and that's true. These are promise that God says. First of all, because He goes to the Father, 
the, the workers, those who are serving Him today, can do everything that He has done plus more because He goes to the Father. So this is a dispute, a lot of the, the, the myths where people say, well, we don't believe in miracles. That ended when the, the last of the disciples has died. And you're partially right. When the last of the disciples die, it will be over. But disciples are still here today as much as they were 2,000 years ago. Because a disciple was not just 12 people. It's anybody who chooses to follow Jesus Christ. So therefore, you and I can do anything that Jesus himself did because he has went to his Father. So folks, I want you to get ready to do some miracles, see some miracles, and ask for some miracles because God's ready to glorify himself through his disciples. And you are what? You're disciples. If you follow Jesus Christ, you're a disciple. Now how many of you want God to do some things in your life, huh? You do you really? All right, you better hold on because Bubba, he will do it. I know I got some Bubbettes in here too, but I'm. Uh, Lester Laywell taught me a long time ago if you can't remember the name, just call him Bubba or Bubbette. But anyway, God is still working in his church today, friends, and he wants you to be a part of it. He wants you to walk with him so he can show you what he's going to do. And he wants you to pray. But the part of this scripture that people tend to want to leave out is verse 15. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Uh-oh. There's some restrictions on this promise. In other words, you're going to have to learn to pray that God's will be done, and you're going to have to get your will lined up with God's will before it's going to happen. Because this right here is when people, especially when the mega millions gets up there like it is now, like 1.5. God, just give me six numbers. And I'll give you a tenth of it. I'll give you 20%, God. Just give me those six numbers. Well, the problem is, folks, that God very well may want to give you those numbers. But he very well may not because, first of all, he may be protecting you from something that's be harmful to you. Or if you get angry at somebody, said, God, I want you to strike oh so and so dead. Uh oh. That's not what God wants us to do. So see, there's some limitations on praying and asking certain things. Because when you begin to pray, God says, I want you to line up where, where I'm at. That's why Jesus knew how to pray. That's why Jesus knew how to, to live his life and do the things he did. That's why he knew what the miracles was, because he was totally in touch with his Father through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit interpreted what God wanted him to do and came straight to Jesus and spoke to him about it. Boy, don't you wish you had a dose of that Holy Spirit? Huh? We, boy, Charlotte... We do. Oh, yeah, if we go on over in John a little further in 14 and then in chapter 16, we found out because he goes to the Father, the same Spirit that was in Jesus Christ is in everyone who trusts Jesus as his Savior. Uh-oh. So now what's keeping us back? We have direct access to God. 
We have the same spirit that God has. We can even do more and greater things because Jesus has went to be with the Father. God still wants to glorify Himself, so there's nothing holding us back but to get out and do what God wants us to do. And we begin to limit ourselves. So we try to find ways to justify it. And we say, oh God, I can't walk that far with you because I'm just not ready. Well, that, that'll that work for a little bit. God say, okay, if you're not quite ready, just stay right there and I'm going to go on. And I'm going to get a little further away from you. And he's going to say, are you ready now? Are you ready? He's calling you into a greater walk. But he wants you to be a part of that walk. Folks, the easiest thing to do in life is to get saved. The very easiest thing to do. Anybody can get saved. The Scripture says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. That's all you got to do. You can get saved and you can be with the Lord forever in heaven. The hardest thing you'll ever do is walk with him every day. Because all of a sudden... You're in conflict because you get saved, you're forgiven, but then you're still living in a fleshly body. And that fleshly body is going to always try to lead you away from what the Spirit of God wants you to do. And God said, Woo, you got to get over some of that. So you get saved, and all of a sudden you find out there's a lot of things in front of you. He'd already warned his disciples, he said, I didn't come to make peace on the earth. I came to make war. He said, Father's going to rise up against his wife. Father's going to rise up against the son. The son's going to rise up against the dad. There's going to be conflict throughout the world because of your faith in Jesus Christ. So it gets hard because all of a sudden you're at, at odds against the whole world. That's why right now there's conflict with the Word of God and, and Scripture being used. And yet we've put up with it for quite a long time, but did did y'all see what Louisiana did the other day? They passed a law. I'm going to wait and see what the Supreme Court does with it. In every school, they're going to put, In God We Trust. I thought, oh my goodness. You mean we got some sane politicians that were willing to stand up for God and pass a law like that? And they say, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to find out if we got some judges that got enough gumption to stand up and obey that and follow that law. Because I'm tired of everybody's constitutional rights overshadowing my rights as a Christian. You see, you've got rights as a Christian in the United States. You've got rights. Matter of fact, the Constitution was based upon God's will, God's law. God's Word. Even the unbelievers that signed there understood it was better to have God's law out there than, than man's laws. They had been under man's law. Benjamin Franklin was not a believer. Thomas Jefferson was not a believer. But they put their name on that Declaration of Independence. They okay and ratified the, the Constitution 13 years later, because they understood this is what this nation needed to be based upon. I don't know if they got saved later, but they understood the importance of God's Word. And I think right now our nation is right in the balance. Are we going to stand on God's Word or are we not? People have about got tired enough of this liberalism. Tired of 1% telling the other 99 what's going to go on. So we're here. 
and God wants to use us. He's going to do it. But he wants you and I to walk with him every day and keep his commandments. Flip over to, to the book of James. This James is not uh, James, the son of Zebedee. This is the half-brother of Jesus. This is one of his own brothers that came along and and even early on in his life he didn't believe what jesus said and did but he came to understand after his death burial and resurrection that he was the son of god and he became a believer and he followed him and this is what he said in verse five i mean verse three you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives is that what i just talked about huh so that with, with so that you might spend it on your your own pleasures your own self you see when you go to ask things that's just for you and your pleasures you've already stood against what god wants but if you to back up to verses one and two he lists some of the things where the, these believers had went and began to do that had put them in conflict with god he said, uh, what is this source of quarrels and conflicts uh, among you? Is it not the source of your pleasures that wage war on your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious, you cannot obtain, and you fight and quarrel, and you do not have because you do not ask. Folks, that's what, I'm the first one to tell you I am hard-headed. My desire... For every believer in Jesus Christ is to have a deeper walk with Him. And because of that, I believe every word in this Bible. I believe it's the answer to all our problems. I believe that we have to come in, in, in subjection to His Word. We have to give up some things. We have to surrender some things. There's some things in our lives that we just need to go and be. we need to be rid of. We need to live life differently if we're going to keep His commandments, if we're going to walk with Him. There's just some things that's going to always put you in conflict. That's why I preach against them. makes a lot of people mad. I, I, I've got people mad at me all the time. I, I preach against homosexual behavior. I'm not against homosexual. I'm against their behavior. I preach against adultery. I'm not a, against the adulterers. I'm against the adultery. I'm against any sin that causes you to be separated from God. I want you to walk with him. I want you to know him. And there's some things in your life that need to be gotten rid of. And it makes people angry when you take a stance on that. But I didn't write the book. I'm the messenger of the book. God called me to preach his word, not my word. I promise you, I struggled a long time with doing that because I thought, God, there's way better people out there to preach your word than me. He said, yeah, but I chose you. And I promised him when he called me that I'd do my very best to not wander, but to stay true to his word. Because a little bit of my background, folks, is I was raised in a church that never preached salvation. I was raised in a church that said, God is love, and if you just love him, you'll be okay. We never looked into the Bible. We never read the Bible. We'd have another book out in front of us, and we'd read our hymns. Then we'd turn to another page, and we'd follow through. 
But I never remember the preacher ever telling me that I was lost and going to hell and I needed to be saved. I'm, I, maybe they did, but I never heard it. I, I, I never understood it. And so I went through life going to church, but never knowing the truth of the Word. I even became a member of the church. I didn't even know that. So how do you do that? Well, I don't know. But after I got saved, I met a woman uh, in, in the, the old Walmart. She said, Dwayne, we're, we're going through our rolls, and you had not been there in a while. Do you want to still be on a roll? I said, no, ma'am, I got saved. I'm going to another church. <laughs> that was cold. I didn't mean anything by it, but that's what had happened to me. I done got saved, and I was going to another church. I didn't need to be on anybody else's roll. I didn't even know I was there. I never walked down. Never went I guess they just figured one day, well, he's been here long enough. Just put him on. But, folks, that's all I was, was a member of a, a, a group. Because there was a fear that we're going to offend somebody by calling them a sinner. Well, let me tell you, the Bible says all of sin comes short of the glory of God. I didn't write the book. But you know what? It made me feel real good when old Randall said, we've all sinned to come short of the glory. I thought, whoo. I'm not in this boat by myself. I didn't need some self-righteous person telling me I was a sinner. He showed me what the Word says. He said, we've all sinned. I said, makes me feel a little better at least. Because, boy, about the first thing they do, you point your finger at me and say, you, you this. That hard-headedness kicked them. Come on. But God said, we've all sinned. Come show the glory of God. But he also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord should be saved. And I love that part. Because I wanted to be saved. I wanted to walk with God. But I'm here to tell you, there's a lot of believers today are missing out on what God has for them because they want to hold on to the world. And the Scripture tells us that you can't hold on to the world and be friends with the world and be friends with God. It's, it's, a, it, it's, it's contrast. It's as much as oil and water. It will not mix. It's going to separate itself out. Folks, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're walking with Him and He begins to use a message to convict you, then you can get mad at me all you want, but you better go talk to Him because He's the one putting the conviction on you. Because He wants you to walk with Him and get rid of some stuff. And that's what it's all about. Because when you begin to get rid of that stuff, He fills that void with His Spirit or into your life. And then you begin to learn how to pray and truly pray. You begin to see things happen and you begin to realize when you walk by faith, it's a glorious thing. You don't always understand it. You don't always know where you're going. But you know your Jesus is calling you. Because I'm here to tell you, any one of you who's saved by faith and giving your life to Jesus Christ can and will know the will of God for your life if you'll just ask Him. I had a talk with a, a, a man at the rodeo just the other night, and he said, what is it with you Baptists? You don't know the will of God. I said, I know the will of God. If they don't, it's their own fault, and it's not because they're Baptists. It's because they don't want to know the will of God, and they're not willing to pay the price. Well, you're right. <laughs> but I, I didn't go there, but I could have told him, there's some people in your churches that don't know the will of God either. You know, It ain't just a Baptist deal. It's anything. Because too many people want to get saved. They want to go to heaven. 
But they don't want to walk with God right now because they're afraid it's going to offend somebody. Well, folks, there's only one judge. There's only one judge. And you'll stand before that judge in all truth because he's going to look into everything you thought, everything you said, everything you've done in your life, and he'll judge you based upon that. You say, well, you tell telling a Christian's going to be judged? Yeah, you will. You won't be condemned to, to hell because of what you've done, but he's going to say, why didn't you follow me? Why didn't you do what I asked you to do? Where were you when I needed you? Well, Lord, I just didn't have the faith. That's right. You weren't willing to give up some things to walk with me. You weren't willing to pay the price. You know, the more I read and study about Paul, how many of you think Paul was a biblical hero? Huh? Paul, Apostle Paul. What about Peter? Was he a great man of God? James, John? You know what? They were hated by most people. Paul was persecuted by his own religious group, the Pharisees. God said, I want you to go to the Gentiles and preach, Paul. And everywhere Paul went, he always went by the synagogue on the way to preach to the Gentiles to preach to his fellow countrymen, the Jews. It always got him in trouble. He went to prison. He was stoned. He was beaten. He had to slip out of towns by night and be lowered over the wall in a basket because they were going to try to kill him. And he was despised by so many people. But he kept preaching the Word of God. Now, on this side, when we look back, we go, man, he was a great man of God. If you were to have a Paul send you a, a resume to go to your church right now and, and list the things that he's done, there'd be very, very few churches would ever call him. Well, we don't want that ex-con here. Look at the problems he stirred up over there where he came from. He stirred up the whole city. Been ran out of most places. Why was he ran out? Because he preached the Word of God to them and they didn't like it. Folks, you'll have to make some tough decisions in your life, but they'll be worth it if you'll walk with God. Verse 5. Or do you think that Scripture speaks to no purpose? That's a question. Do you think the Scripture was given for no purpose? Does it have a purpose? Okay. Is it so that you can line up with Scripture or so that you can line Scripture up with your belief system? All right. Man, a lot of false teachers love to pick out a few scriptures to line up where they're at. But they can't take the other scriptures that contradict it and do anything. Well, oh, we, we don't believe in that part. Well, if you, can't, if you don't believe in that part, you can't believe in this part. I had a woman one time, she, she only believed half of what Paul wrote. I said, well, you might as well throw that half out too. I believe in all of them. And if I have a conflict with them, I, I believe that I need to start examining my life and seeing what I need to do with it. Maybe we ought to all try that a little bit. 
But he goes on there in verse 5, he says, He jealously desires the Spirit which He has made to dwell in us, but He gives a greater grace, therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7. I didn't put that down, Caleb, but find it right there. Can y'all read that? Those of you who don't have your Bible, y'all read that with me. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist who? The devil. And he will flee from you. Huh. You think old devil got power? All I got to do is stand with God and say, get away from me. Get away from me. And he has to leave. But if I'm walking with the world and I'm not standing with God at my back, I'm powerless. And that's the problem with so many people in the churches today. So many people that are believers, they've, they've quit walking with God. They've got their ticket punch. They're okay. But they want to hold on to the world too. And then the devil crawls in there into their lives and begins to disrupt their lives. And then they begin to cry out to God and, and pray, and they don't know how they're praying because they, they're filled with the, the, the sins of the world and the, and the flesh, and, and they just they don't know. Because Satan has crawled up in the midst of their life. I don't know about you, but I don't want him anywhere near me. Shortly after I got saved, now people, y'all think I'm crazy, and I, okay. He's known me a long time. I was leaving to go to work one night on graveyard. And I'd been praying, and Barbara and I had been, I'd probably been saved a year, maybe a year and a half, and man, I was just falling in love with Jesus. And I left my bedroom, got, got dressed, and was going out the door, and I walked into our living room, and I felt this evil presence all around me. And I just stopped. I said, Lord, cleanse this house from this evil. I don't know what it is, but cleanse him. I rebuke him in the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden I got at peace, and I went on to work, came back next day, and began to tell my wife about it. She said, you know, I felt the same thing. She was back there in the bedroom getting ready to go to bed, and she was praying too. Oh, Satan, or one of his demons, was there to try to disrupt, to scare me, to, to harm me, or do whatever he could. But all I didn't have to fight him. All I had to do was rebuke him in the name of Jesus, and he left. And peace rested upon the house, and I never felt that evil presence ever again in that house. And man. Hope it don't come into mind. Will you pray over it? Stand in Jesus and he won't because he's got to flee from you. Is he real? Yes. He is an angel that was created by God and he given charge over one third of all the angels. They were in the throne room of God, leading worship there when he rebelled against God. God cast him and that third of the angels out of heaven, and he threw them right down here in the middle of earth so we could deal with him for a while. I don't always understand why, but what, what did we do to deserve him? But he's here, and he is there to, 
destroy you because he's jealous of you because you've got something he'll never have. A chance for salvation and redemption. Because he knew better and he rebelled against God and he was cast out and will never be able to walk with God ever again. But mankind submitted there in the garden. We messed up and God said, y'all just didn't know any better because you were created lower than the angels. Therefore, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be saved, to be redeemed. You won't become an angel, and praise God you won't. You'll be a saint. Actually, folks, you will judge the angels when you go to heaven. Hmm? You'll be higher than the angels. Those of you are saved. That's what Scripture said. You will stand in judgment of the angels. Those who follow and love the Lord. You'll, follow, you'll, you'll judge them. But until we leave this earth... Or until the rapture comes, there is a devil roaming around and he's out to try to kill and destroy. And he hates the church because you carry the message. He hates the people within the body because they are the messenger. He hates preachers because they preach in the message. He hates everything about the church because... You've got something he'll never have. But I don't have to fear him. You don't have to fear him. Just walk with God every day. Do what God tells you to do. Stand strong. And if he comes around your neck of the wood, just cast him out, just like we went to the school. I don't know what everybody was praying for, but I know what I was praying for. I wanted all the evil spirits out of that building. Every one of them. And I don't want them influencing our children. I don't want them influencing our teachers. I don't want them influencing the administration. I don't want them influencing the parents when they come up there. I want that to be a place of sanctuary for our children to be. Well, did it stick? You better believe. Unless somebody invites him in, he won't have a chance. Because there were some more churches went up there yesterday morning and prayed the same thing. You ought to thank God we've got the administration that we have that will allow that to be done. From the school board to the superintendent to the principals and everything. They just gave us the keys. Gave Caleb the keys. Well, that's dangerous. Letting me back into school but I went with a different purpose now. And we prayed. And I'm proud of that. And I saw people crying and weeping. I saw people praying over doors. People writing notes. And we heard so much Friday about people. Caleb heard it and we heard it. The little notes that were on the doors. They loved it. They loved it. So if you get a chance to tell any teacher whether at Pewitt or anywhere else. We got one back there in Jefferson. Lord help her, she needs some prayers. Way down there in Jefferson. Tell them you appreciate them. Because they're dealing with some worldly kids and some worldly parents. And they've got a tough job. Man, I'm excited about the future for this church. I've heard more coming from y'all the 
past two weeks in music, it's a lot different. We don't always do it the way with somebody up there leading you, but I hear y'all participating, and I like that. I don't know. These old songs, I kind of like these songs. I'll Fly Away. It, 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 uh, what was the other two? I, I, two of my old favorites. I don't remember the name. How great they are. Yeah. How, how great is your God? That's that's, that's tremendous. It is well. Did you know that was written by a man whose wife and, and daughters were killed in a shipwreck? And when he got to that spot on another ship, as he was following behind them, he told the captain, when we get to where this ship sank, I want to pray. And this is where my family was lost. He wrote that song, It Is Well. It Is Well. Man, how many of us could write a song that is well with my soul? He could because he knew where his wife and his children were at because they had made choices. And he knew God was in control. And it was well with his soul. There's a lot of deep feelings in that song for him to write that in his pain and his agony. It is well. Every one of us, when we lose a loved one, Kay, we just had a service yesterday for Irwin, and, you know, it was well with our soul because we know where Irwin's at. Well with our soul when so many of our other brothers and sisters have left us. It is well with our soul because God is awesome, and I'll see Him one day. So... When you get mad at the preacher for preaching the word, just remember he's hard-headed. He ain't crazy. That's enough from you. Let the women be silent, Michael. <laughs> here, I got a bandana up here. You want to use it? You didn't have to agree with that, Amy. But he is a little crazy. But he's crazy in love with Jesus. And I promise you, if you stay with me, I'm going to do everything within my pot, my capabilities to help you understand and walk with Jesus in a way so that you experience miracles, you see great things happen because I know they do. I've walked with him now for over 40 years, going on 41 years, and I still learn something every day. You just trust him and you'll be all right. Grow. But when he tells you you need to get rid of some stuff, cut it off. When he says, come on, be like Peter. Jump out of the boat and get going. Peter was a little bit crazy and way hard-headed. So you'll be in good company because he was only one of the 12 that got out of the boat and walked on water. A lot of times you may be the only one that gets out and follows God. Noah was crazy. Hard-headed. He's a great man of God. Built a boat. Gathered up a bunch of animals. He didn't do anything. Animals just showed up. But for a hundred years, he built a thing called the ark where in an area where he'd never seen a boat and it had never rained. Hired people, used people, and told them why he was building it. They took his money, but they didn't want his advice. So when they got the boat built, 
He said, everybody can come in. He and his wife and his three sons and their wives entered in. The animals came and got in. God closed the door. But when it began to rain and it got about chest deep, I promise you there were some folks trying to go over and get to the boat. Knocking on the door. Let me in, Noah. I can't open the door that God has closed. Folks, God opened the door for us to be with Him in heaven. But when He closes that door, it's over with. No man can ever open that door. And that door is your physical death. Because when you die, there is no redemption for you from that point on. You're either saved on this side of that door or you're lost on the other side. But the choice is yours. We all got to make it. Won't you stand up and bow your heads and let me pray over you because I know y'all got places to be and you got things you want to do. Maybe if we all got into reading the Bible like some of these others every day, we'd get a little addicted to it. Father, we thank you for loving us and caring for us. It's not an easy journey, but it's worth every, every sacrifice we have to make. If we really want to see our prayers answered, then we have to walk with you got to get our will lined up with your will sometimes it's not always easy to know that but if we spend time in prayer open our ears read your bible we'll find out first of all your will is first to glorify you in everything we do then to reach people with a message of salvation and then to love on them give them an opportunity to be forgiven not only do we want forgiveness but we want to grant forgiveness not only do we want mercy, but we need to grant mercy. We need to show the love that people need. We just need to minister and give whatever we can to them to let them know we care about them. Bless our teachers that we've got throughout this area, going to various schools and different places, that they'll be bold in their testimony, bold in their walk, as they minister to those young children. Bless our youth as they go in amongst their peers and they have to make choices to walk with you or stand against what they know is wrong. But may their faith guide them in the right direction, knowing that you will reward that faith by protecting them and being with them. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week. We thank you for listening to Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We are located on Highway 259 just south of the four-way in Omaha. You may also find us on Facebook or the web at barnonecowboyministries.com, a place where we don't care about your past but care about your future.